Hello and welcome to another episode of Where Do We Begin? My name is Harper. Uh, it's another bonus episode today uh, for you guys all to enjoy. As always, I'm your only host today. Lockie's not here uh, for the bonus episodes. He's a busy man uh, and I'm busy getting all these bonus episodes out for you to enjoy. But it's a bit of a different bonus episode today because in the other bonus episodes, we've had some best of compilations with quizzes and uh life philosophies and some Aussie icons, uh, highlights of our chats with them. Uh, I, I suppose this chat uh, today that you'll hear is actually kind of a best of, uh, if I'm honest, because it's the best chat uh, I've had with this man. He goes by the name of Craig Wessels. Uh, you might know him for the podcast, A Yank or the Footy. He's the yank on the footy. Uh, you probably know him if you've listened to this podcast or for a while as well because we give him a shout-out quite a bit. He's been on the podcast before, of course, on a grand final preview. Uh, but, yeah, I had a chat with him uh, on this morning, uh, this morning being the 16th, the day before this episode comes out. Uh, it was really interesting uh, to get a – different perspective uh, from someone that's outside this bubble on footy. On uh, He had a chat about how he got into footy and uh, his life and career and what I really liked uh, as the host and the facilitator more than the answerer of the questions on the podcast. I don't usually uh, get to express my opinions too much, but uh, I – really enjoyed the chat about the state of the footy media and the media in general and rule changes and this 24-7 cycle of AFL footy uh, news that we've got going, This the outrage, uh, the clickbait, uh, all of that. And I um, heard some good arguments from Craig. I feel like I put some good arguments up myself. But yeah, uh, I'm pretty hungry actually so i'm probably going to wrap this intro up now i hope you enjoy this uh episode with craig whistles the yank and the footy uh, i'll see you back in the outro enjoy okay and i'm delighted to welcome onto the show now a real friend of the show maybe even the best friend of the show uh he's known for his work on the yank on the footy podcast goes by the name of craig wessels welcome to the show craig thank you harper thanks for having me back on again uh great to great to be talking with you on this uh well very snowy night here in ohio yeah yeah, well, uh, we're in a very lockdown situation here in Melbourne, which is why we're doing all these bonus podcasts. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. But before uh, we get into um, a bit of footy chat, a bit of chat about uh, your podcast, you've got some big news. Uh, you've well, spoken about it a bit on social media, released it to your fans. Do you want to let our fans know about your big news? Well, first of all, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that you think I have fans. I have, I have a few people <laughs> who are tuning in to listen, so I, maybe they are fans. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, a few weeks ago, I had somebody reach out to me just out of the blue on uh, Facebook. They sent me, you know, they sent me a direct message and it wasn't, you know, it was, uh, I had no idea who this person was and they, they had told me that they had, they worked at a radio station in, uh, the Gippsland area in, uh, I think it's Southeastern Victoria, if I'm not mistaken, I looked right along the coastline, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, and they do the, like the morning show on uh, on Triple M in Gippsland, which I know Triple M. I've, you know, I, I, I'll tune in to listen to radio broadcasts of the games from time to time. And she said that she had just transferred there from a station up in Queensland, and she was from Queensland, and she'd relocated to Victoria. She was a huge rugby fan, and I'm not. I know there are two different levels of rugby in Australia, and I'm really not familiar with either one of them, so I don't want to get the wrong one. So she's a rugby fan. I don't know which club. And she said that she felt like she, now she's in kind of the, the heart of, of footy that she needs to, to learn the game of footy. Hmm. And she, she found my podcast online and reached out to me and asked if I would want to come on her radio show once a week during the, uh, during the season to just, you know, spend three or four minutes talking about, uh, footy, uh, footy news, you know, my views on the games, that type of thing. And, uh, I said, well, where do I sign up? Uh, yeah. So it's just been, it, it's been really exciting because it's going to be, you know, an opportunity for me to, to talk to, you know, to talk 
to people about this game that I've fallen in love with, you know, people who have grown up loving this game, you know, yeah. people who, who I appreciate their passion for this game. And uh, hopefully they'll recognize that, that I've developed that passion for it. And they'll not just say, Oh, it's just some, some dumb yank that's, you know, trying to talk about our game. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to do it justice. Mm. Uh, you know, as she said, we'll, we'll record you know, however long we need to, and then we'll edit it down. So hopefully she'll make me sound good. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's going to start in the next couple of weeks. Cause you know, I, I mentioned to her about the, the AFLW season. I'd actually sent her a link to the, the replay page, you know, which right now you can go back and watch all the uh, AFLW replays right on their website, which is, I think really, really smart on their part to do that. So yeah, I'm thrilled about this, uh, this opportunity. It's a, uh, Oh, what the heck is it called? It's called uh, uh, Anna for Breakfast. I think is the name of her show. Yeah, uh, Anna Dare is is her name, and uh, you know, so I'm thrilled that she reached out. I, I'm very appreciative of her reaching out, and hopefully, this you know lead to you know more people tuning into the podcast as well. So, yeah, hopefully it's a win-win. hopefully it's a win win. Exactly. Hopefully for you. And um, I don't know if there's one thing Australians like, it's Americans uh, giving us their attention because, we're, yeah, we just love that down here, uh, giving attention to our game. Uh, makes us feel very proud, I've got to say. And uh, listening to your podcast, uh, look, seeing what you tweet, uh, it's really good to see um, the game getting a bit of attention from abroad. Well, yeah, it, it is. And it's uh, it's been a great you know few years, you know, having you know started following this game and i really started following it a little bit in 2016 you know really got involved in 2017 got my my first uh purchase of the the watch afl app i think was in 2018 and it's been you know you know, I've now this is my now my second year as a member of the of the club that i support of the cats so you know and that they get the watch afl app along with that so it's it's great to support them but it's great to be able to watch as many games as you know as I can. I did. I've already watched all seven games in the AFLW this weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. Just just on that, actually, I want to know how, how did the Cats become your team? There are eighteen teams, a lot of teams to choose from. The uh, the Cats, not an unpopular team, but not one of the biggest teams in the league. So, how did you come? Across you know, the I. Cats? How did you choose them? I uh, and I, the the best thing I could say is best thing I could recommend is go back and listen to the the first episode of my podcast, which is uh, came out in December of 2019, which is where I covered this. But I'll give you the uh, so go ahead and listen to that by all means. I'll give you the the gist of it. When I was starting to to, to follow the the game a little bit more closely, and I was realizing, you know what, this is something I want to pay a lot of attention to. Um. And part of this, you know, has to do with what we were talking about off air is that I, I tend to be quite a bit of a homebody. You know, as I was joking with you, I said, you know, this whole social distancing thing, I was yeah. an expert at it long before COVID, you know, exactly. was ever heard of. Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I started watching the games and, and I, I actually started filling out um, like Google uh, spreadsheets looking at, you know, how teams had done over the previous, like, 15 years, their records, you know, what were their, what was the percentage? I mean, I figured out what the percentage meant at that point in time. Mm. And, uh, and I, you know, I was looking at it, and and I actually narrowed it down to three clubs at that point in time. You know, I was, part of me was thinking, you know, I, you know, I know, I knew that, you know, that the bulk of the clubs or, you know, half the clubs were in the city of Melbourne. Yep. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, you had the two clubs in Sydney as well, the, you know, another big city, but then there were some other smaller cities, you know, that had clubs and I was kind of narrowing down, well, which one do I want to support? I, I kind of looked away from like the big cities, although I did, I did have it narrowed down to, I had one in the final three, one of the, the, the big clubs in Melbourne was, it was in my final three. Yeah. And uh, I had it narrowed, I had it narrowed down to Geelong and to Brisbane and to, you know, some of you may turn it off here in just yeah, a second. Block your ears. Third, I know what you're going to say here. The third one was Collingwood. Oh. Okay. Now, here's why. Here's why. My daughter's nickname when she was a little girl was Magpie. That was the reason. That was the reason why I almost went with them. Okay. My school go. colors are black and white where, I, where I'm a teacher. Those are our school colors are black and white. I almost went with that. Mm. So and, why didn't you, know, you go I, with it then? Uh, well, you know, I it, it went back. It went back to that big city thing again. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I felt to me, I 
kind of felt like I was going to be support. I was going to be supporting an underdog, you know, somebody who's, you know, not, not the big city club is going to be getting all of the attention. And it, you know, it turns out, you know, looking back at it hindsight, you know, the cats have had, you know, quite a bit of success. I, I think I would have been pretty well off whichever one of those final two Brisbane or Geelong I had, I had chosen because both of them are, I think, you know, very likely to be top four clubs this year. Exactly. And, and Geelong yeah. better Geelong better be a top four club this year with everything they did in the offseason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they better they better be or they may be a bottom four club here in a couple yeah, of years. Exactly. It's this season or bust really for them, hey. Yes, it is. So that, that's kind of the, the, the gist. And I and I had one player, and this is this is what has been mind-boggling for for some people. I had one player that just jumped off the screen to me watching the games on television. And I don't know if I've mentioned this to you I've on your podcast this, yes, before. Okay, yeah. but if you know, if you haven't heard me tell this story before, that player is not who you'd be thinking. Mm. It's not Tom Hawkins. It's not Joel Selwood. It's not Patty Dangerfield. It was Nakia Cockatoo, mm. and yeah. he just he was just when I was watching him play early on. And again, I didn't know who Tom Hawkins was. I didn't know who Patty Dangerfield was or Joel Selwood. I had no concept of who they were in relationship to the grand scheme of things with footy. Mm. To me, watching the Kai Kakadu play, he looked to me like a a linebacker in the NFL a little bit playing footy. He just yeah. was running people over and just, you know, had a lot of speed and just just went, I'm, I don't know, I'm using a technical term here, just went balls to the wall. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, you know, and, and he kept, you know, he was getting injured, you know, fairly frequently. Now he's he's with Brisbane now and it sounds like his training is going very well. And And I... I, I sent him a note, right? I posted a note after he he was traded to Brisbane, you know, kind of outlining how I'd become a fan of the Cats because of him, and and he put a little like a, a little smiley face or the thumbs up thing on on Instagram. So it was just, you know, I'd love to get him on for an interview on the podcast, but you know, we'll we, we shall see. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll figure out how to do that sometime down the road. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, great interview for him. Yeah, but- and I have I I have one, I have one that I'm you know. It's a husband and wife that are older than I am, and they. Uh, her husband is a physician, so he's been extraordinarily busy over this last year with everything going on related to COVID. Mm. But you know, she she has said they would love to come on the podcast. They're both cat supporters, but for twenty years or so, they housed like first year cats players in their home with them. Yeah, and they're the one of the years they actually had. Uh, Joel Selwood and uh, Tom Hawkins living with them during the same year, during their their first years at the club. Wow! So yeah. you know, it's I'm I'm looking forward to to having them on just to hear some of the stories about the players that they had, and you know, and again, I'm hoping that will lead to a network of, you know, other host families with other clubs that sort of thing. Because you know, again, my podcast I. I don't want it to be a, a cats centric podcast. I'm yeah, you know, I'm trying to learn as much as I can about the cats, but I'm trying to learn about the game itself, you know, on a much wider scale. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And I bet there would be good, some good stories about 18, 19 year old Tom Hawkins and Joel Selwood running amok uh, in yeah. that household. So yeah, that think, definitely I, would be interesting. I think it would be great, great to hear some of those stories. Yeah. 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 Um, so are you expecting a premiership from the cats this year? Is that your, uh, is that the target you reckon? I, you know, I, 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 I think they have a, a, a very decent shot at it. But you know, I will. When it comes time for me to do my my ladder predictions for the year, I and I have not done them yet. I have a feeling I ha- I will have them playing in the grand final. I, I honestly I think it's going to be re- it's going to be a repeat of last year's grand final. You know, I because I, again, you know, Richmond is the pre- Richmond of the premieres until somebody knocks them off, mm, and yeah. they they have been they have been in the time that I've been watching footy, they've been kind of that one mountain that Geelong has had a real tough time climbing. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, bringing Jeremy Cameron in having another, you know, tall key forward down there is going to, is going to do a number of different things. It's going to take, it's going to take, you know, double teams away from Tom Hawkins. Cause who are you going to, are you going to leave Jeremy Cameron alone? Mm. You're going to still put two guys, you're going to still put two guys on Hawkins. Go ahead. Jeremy yeah. Cameron's going to kick 70 goals. 
Yeah. You know, so, and I and I think what it's what it's also going to do what I think it's also going to do then is it's going to open up and I and I've mentioned this in an episode on on my podcast. I said I don't I'm not saying he's going to become this person, but I think that Brian Myers has some some similar characteristics to Dusty Martin. Uh, he's not Dusty Martin. Wow. Yeah. But but I think he could be that he could be that guy. You know, being able to kick the ball at those odd angles that he kicks it. Mm. I think he could he could be that person that that is just cleaning up the mess in front of the goal like Dusty yeah. does, like Dusty did in the second half of the grand final. Yeah. Against the Cats. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so I'm I'm thinking that they've got a leg, a very legitimate shot this year. You know and. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, and just from a Richmond uh, standpoint, Richmond point of view, I, I I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I really wouldn't be surprised if Richmond kind of fell off a bit this year because we've we've seen that happen with teams that have had those dynasties and the year after they win, like Hawthorne, they won the premiership in 2013, 14, 15. And then the next year they got uh, knocked out in an elimination final, I think by, or maybe it was a semi-final, but the Bulldogs uh, knocked out in straight sets, I believe. Uh, So uh, like anything can happen. And, Honestly, I, I would be quite surprised if it was the Geelong Richmond Grand Final because I don't think I don't think it happens often enough with t- two teams, uh, the top two teams from the season prior being the top two teams again because all of these equalisation things that AFL's brought in, there's so much change and you that's true. That's true. A team like uh, I don't know a, a Fremantle coming up a bit and uh, surprising everyone, maybe finishing in the top six or so. Uh, I know Essendon could surprise a few people from a selfish standpoint. I, I hope that happens. You might not think not yet. <laughs> not looking very uh, optimistic yeah. there, uh, Craig. Yeah, but- I, well, I, I think that uh, – I don't I don't know, but I I think it maybe could be West Coast. Uh, you, can't, you can't look away from Port Adelaide again. Yeah, exactly. Port's going to be back there again. I think Brisbane's going to be back up there. Mm. Yeah, you know, to me, I would be scared to death. You know, having to if, if and this goes back to the guy that turned me into a cat supporter. If Nakia Cockatoo is healthy, how how do you defend? How do you defend against him and Charlie Cameron coming down the grounds together? Yeah. I mean, those 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 guys are both faster than you know a lot of other players that are out there. Mm. And you know, adding. Uh, you know, adding uh, Danaher in with uh, oh, with yeah. with Hipwood. I mean, if if he's healthy, I mean, they're, they're you're right. It may not be Richmond. It may not be Geelong. It might be Brisbane and, and Port Adelaide, or Brisbane and West Coast, or yeah. West Port Adelaide is an interesting one actually because I think uh, they had. That, oh, I'm not sure what year it was. Maybe it was 2014. That year where they made the prelim and just lost to Hawthorne. Uh, not sure if you would know it, but uh, that's, and then, that's then, before my time. <laughs> yeah, and then the year after, they just slid completely and were no good for three or four years. So we might see another thing like that where last year they did an amazing job, finishing top of the ladder, uh, and then. But maybe that was their chance. Maybe they've missed their chance. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they haven't missed their chance. Maybe they're going to be good for the next five years. But you just don't know. And we really have to wait and see until some games uh, start um, playing out in a month or so's time. Yeah. Well, they've got the the one what community the one community round coming up here in about three weeks. Ah, uh, yeah, something like they, that. They, yeah. Because they canceled. They only they canceled one of the rounds for the. The, the preseason game. games. There's only yeah. one preseason game this year. Yeah. Well, I think the clubs are allowed to uh, organize their own things. So if, if Port Adelaide want to go down the road and play against Adelaide, uh, just That's for a, like a behind true. closed doors thing, they can if they want. I think Essendon might be playing Melbourne or something in a okay. behind, or Carlton. Uh, I'm not sure. Someone will have to let me know uh, who Essendon's playing in a behind closed doors thing. But. Uh, yeah, it will be really interesting to see round one, what results happen, what kind of performances you get from these players like Joe Danaher that you've mentioned because he, he could be anything this year. He could play two games and kick two goals or he could play 22 games and kick 80. Like he, yeah, Joe Danaher exactly. is one of the great enigmas of the competition. And, and, 
And you know, and I know, I know he's a former bomber, but do do you hope that he's healthy and has a great year? I hope that he's or healthy. Do you, or do you, or, yeah, a hundred percent. I hope that he's healthy. Oh, I couldn't wish injury on anyone, but I just okay. hope he does not play well against my Essendon Bombers. Fingers crossed. That, that, that that's fair enough. That's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it will be very, very weird to see a Danaher lining up against the Bombers, I must say. Uh, and, and another thing, another factor that I don't think people have been talking about enough is the role that uh, the Hubs played last year, especially for the Victorian teams. The Victorian teams only playing, what, four or five games in Victoria for the whole season and then being away for, what was it, four, three, four months? And, yeah. like, you, I don't think you can look really deeply into results and performances from especially those teams last year because the circumstances were completely different to what we have ever seen and hopefully completely different to what we see this year. Right. And, of course, there there were lots of interesting things going on in the hubs last year, <laughs> uh, which, have, which have been in the tabloids. And uh, exactly. I believe there was actually an interview on uh, SEN yesterday about what one of that? those things. What, what, uh, what was that about? Uh, they had the uh, Damo was on there with uh, um, talking about um, well how things have have changed in his household. Oh, um, okay. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that is really yeah. interesting. Um, oh, I don't yeah. like to talk too much uh, about the uh, personal lives of people. Oh, I, I don't either. I just yeah. I saw that a clip. I just yeah. it was like a minute long clip where he was somebody had asked him about it and he kind of shut them down. But you know. Unfortunately, I think those were some of the the results of what what happened in those situations. It's it's really sad that that sort of thing happened. But yeah, really and you're right. I don't. I'm not getting into it. It's none of my business. It's yeah. It's, ha- it, it is having really been married once though. before. I, I I completely get. Uh, you know, it's uh, not something that yeah uh, you know, needs to be uh, needs to be out there necessarily. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, you just can't underestimate the damage people have had to their relationships and their mental health and their, uh, like, there were probably heaps of things. These players living together for months at a time, uh, this group of 40 young men, there, there would have been, like, I'm not saying physical fights, but there would have been fights between players, people having beef between each other. There would have been... Uh, changes in relationships between players, splits uh, between maybe factions uh, within the team. And oh, I just don't think uh, that's been talked about enough. And results could completely flip from last year because of those outstanding circumstances. And it all could have been about uh, video games. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there could have been a last-minute winner on FIFA from someone in the yeah. Geelong Cat Squad, and then Grant yeah. Myers might have completely lost it at Tom Hawkins, and they'll never talk to each other again. Not saying that's true, <laughs> but like, you, yeah, well, that's, you just don't know. Yeah. But so, something I'm really interested in uh, that I want to talk about was uh, you obviously being uh, completely isolated from this big footy bubble that we have in Australia, and especially uh, Melbourne and the, the southern states in South Australia and Western Australia. What, what's, what's it like from the outside looking in, seeing media coverage that and how, how it affects the game and fan perception of the game, do you consume much AFL media yourself? I, I, tr- I try to, uh, you know, I'll, I get a, uh, I have a couple like Google alerts that get sent to me every day. You know, so anything that, anything that has like, has AFL or AFLW or Australian rules football or Geelong cats in, like the the metadata in that uh, article, yeah. they kind of compile into a, a group of articles. They email that to me every day, so I get that. I get that every day, you know. So I and I'll comb through those, you know, and I'll usually read, you know, four or five articles each day just to try to keep up with what's going on. I'll look at the 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 AFL's website and now more the AFLW's website as well. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a, you know, I don't have the subscription to the, is it the Herald Sun, the Melbourne yeah, paper? Herald Sun. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't have a, I don't have a subscription to that. So I can't, I can't read any of the articles on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already know, like the, like the, the Sydney paper once in a while, I can catch an article on there. Yeah. Um, but 
couple of them, they'll let me read two or three articles a month for free. Then they'll, and that's, and you being, you being a, somebody who's going to study journalism are going to probably be learning this firsthand, that, you know, newspapers as we know it are, are disappearing. Yeah. You know, by the time you are a, a veteran journalist, there may not be any newspapers anymore. Exactly. There, yeah. may, there may, yeah, everything's going to be online. Yeah. And those, those companies that are, that are, producing those news reports now are trying to survive because their advertising revenue has has plummeted everything's online now and if they put everything out there for free and people have an ad blocker on and that sort of thing well they're not they're not generating that ad revenue so they've started to put things behind paywalls yeah which you know you can't you can't blame them for doing that yeah exactly it's just you know i i i just don't i don't have the uh you know i don't have the resources right now to to spend you know thirty dollars a month for the uh, the online um, version of like the Herald Sun, I, I would love to be able to subscribe to that. And you know, I've never actually seen like the whole sports page from the Herald Sun to see, you know, like in season to see what all the write ups look like. I mean, I mm. I see people you know quoting you know Mark Robinson and oh he's you know he said this or he you know I don't even know who some of the other writers are with the uh, the Herald Sun, but I do try to read as many articles as I can find. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you know, but then I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still doing, uh, um, you know, my job and that sort of thing as well. And, you know, trying to get another, you know, one last kid through college and taking my yeah. dogs for a walk and losing some weight and, uh, cooking dinner and doing laundry and, you know, yeah, well, taking the stuff crash to do out and that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few things going on. Exactly. A few things going on. It's, I think you're probably consuming more AFL media than me, AFL journalism than me, because to be honest, in the last maybe year or so, I've just kind of got sick of it. And this is true for general journalism. Just I've, It's done to just generate clicks, but it's the anger about everything, like there's always like an outrage. And you just in being in this bubble, uh, you just get sick of it. I used to listen to SEN every morning, but I probably haven't listened to it for more than a year because it's just always some – outrage about a, a little thing like uh i don't know maybe like i know a couple of years ago Stephen may was injured and he was caught drinking a beer and that was, that was a massive outrage like seriously who really cares like that just I, i'm in it to watch watch the game but uh, it feels like the actual game is just becoming smaller and smaller in the whole scheme of things and maybe the AFL's grand plan to keep this 24-7, 365-days-a-year cycle of AFL going on. Well, do you, do you, and this gets back to, this gets back to journalism in general, but, you know, you have, you know, you have SEN and you, you know, you have things like CNN and Fox News and Sky News and uh, are, 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 are there any other that are, any like other news channels that are, that ha- that have just twenty four hours news in Australia. Yeah, yeah there's um, is, is ABC Sky- News twenty four as well. Okay, yeah. So they have they have a heck of a lot of time to fill up. Yeah. So you're you're absolutely right that they'll they'll find one little story, and yeah, you know, and they'll 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 beat the heck out of it. And I yeah. and I use this. I I'm going back to you know when I went in class and I do this with my students. And I and it's going to come off sounding horrible here. So please, if you start listening to the story, listen to it all the way through. Because if you stop partway through, you're going to hate me. And I tell my students this: so please, please don't stop listening to this this little segment here for the next you know next couple of minutes. You know, here in the United States, and and I'm sure it happens in Australia. And I've been I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't watch a whole lot of television now. I'm actually most of the TV I watch is is on a channel called Acorn, which has a lot lot of uh british australian new zealand programs on it because i'm just trying to get a, a you know a feel for the culture and that sort of thing as well so i mean you know, i've watched mystery road and jack irish and uh um there was one that was on called east west 101 that i watched and uh um city homicide that was on several years ago yeah uh you know so i've and, and there's one uh called broke broken wood mysteries which is out of new zealand which i'm watching right now um yeah so it's uh i tend to watch a few of those things but as far as the news goes you know here in the states and and maybe they do the same thing there the news media will decide what story is important and and it and it happens quite often with with uh 
when you have somebody who's missing or who's been murdered. Yep. And it's especially when it's, when it's a young female. And I, and I, you know, the, the news media kind of decides that this story is important. You know, there was a, a young lady about 10 years ago uh, here in the States. And, uh, uh, oh gosh, what was her name? She, uh, oh crap, I'm forgetting her name right now. Blonde girl, she was in Aruba that disappeared. Natalie Holloway was her Natalie Holloway was her name. And she disappeared back in 2005. She and one of her friends went down after, to Aruba after graduated from high school. She disappeared, never found her. Well, I and I've I've told the kids that I said, you know, what I think happens in newsrooms at like CNN and Fox News and that sort of thing. I and I pull out a, a stack of like printer paper, just blank printer paper. And, and this is the part where you're gonna hate me for a moment. And I and I, I said I've never been in a newsroom where they've decided on this or the editorial board has sat down. I said, but it wouldn't surprise me if they have this stack of photos of these young girls who have disappeared or been murdered. And they say, which story are we going to look at right now? And they lay all the pictures down on the table, and they're they're looking at the they pick up each picture and they look at it and go, Hey, Bill, we did a brunette last month, right? Yeah, and they ball it up and throw it away. And they, you know, and, uh, you know, well, this person, you know, well, that person has a lazy eye and oh, look at her teeth and, you know, she's the wrong ethnicity. And then they find, they find this last person here and they go, okay, this is the story that we think is important. And we're going to absolutely beat this story to death. I mean, like I said, she disappeared in 2005. They were still doing stories on her. They went back to Aruba a decade after she disappeared. They've never found her. They've never convicted anybody of, uh, I don't I think they know who, who probably did harm to her, but they've never convicted him. He's actually in prison in Peru, I believe, for having killed somebody else. But, you know, they, they tell you that this, this, is the, this is the case you're supposed to, you're supposed to care about. I said, this, and it's like, it's, it's kind of like disrespectful to the, you know, because I said, I told the, the kids, I said, guys, I have to tell you something. Bit of a newsflash, ugly people get kidnapped all the time. The news media just shows you the, 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 the beautiful people that get kidnapped. And like I said, this is sounding really crass and heartless, and I apologize for that. Mm. And, I, and I joke with my kids. I said, guys, if I disappeared, you'd be the only ones that know. Because <laughs> they're not yeah. going to talk about me on the news at all. Yeah. <laughs> say, an old fat, an old fat guy. No, he doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. He exactly. doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it's it's just uh, pe- people are more likely to be invested, according to these news people, in this beautiful young twenty-year-old woman than uh, Craig Russell's from A Yank of the Footy. Uh, and like they're more likely to be invested in that beautiful young woman than uh, a me or a. Um, Whoever build down right. the street, and, and and again, you know, television cha- television channels—they're in business to make money. It, yep. It's a business, you know. Yes, they're providing information, but bottom line is they're trying to sell advertising and make money. That's what they're there to do. Unless it's uh, um, like National Public Radio, is there, is it yeah. ABC? Is the ABC. is like the, yeah, the yeah. government channel? That that is yeah. Very, yeah, that is very different from the other news. It's much more uh, not not as kind of hyperactive and. Uh, like all these stories about things that have gone wrong. Uh, it's, it's quite, quite a lot more kind of politics based, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's so, yes, I think that that's even happening with the stories you mentioned, like, you know, the, the, the private lives of, of the coaches who have, who have separated, you know, who are separating from their wives. You know, I don't know how much that's been talked about. I know it's been brought up quite a bit and it's been discussed um, hopefully not too much, but then you mentioned Stephen May. I remember that story when, you know, when they were, where people were upset, you know, that, that he had like an injured foot or something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he had, you know, and it's like, Oh no, he was seen drinking a beer. What's yeah. the big deal? Is that, is that, is that beer going to prevent his rehab? Uh, what's, you know, is, or, or the, the, the tendons not going to heal properly because of the malt and barley in that beer, you know, what, yeah. you know, and again, exactly. I don't know, maybe the, does the AFL have some sort of a code of conduct, which it says, hey, you know, if you are, you know, if you're out or injured, that you're not supposed to be drinking alcohol, or at least in public anyway. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, I think the, the AFL probably doesn't mind or even likes this these uh, dramatic news stories because it keeps people switched on to... Aussie rules football, AFL. And an example I can bring up is uh, 
people talk about the rule changes a lot. And obviously mm-hmm. we know that the AFL makes rule changes pretty much every year. Uh, they've probably made rule changes every year for the last nearly 10 years, I'd say. And personally, I don't think that is purely – they purely do that for the benefit of the game or to change the way the game is played on the field. I think a massive reason why they do that, that maybe they make their rule changes in December or whatever. December is a slow news time for AFL. You don't have many stories going on, middle of off-season. But that they do that so people are talking about the game still and then – when the end of March comes around and the season starts back up, more people are going to watch because this outrage has been generated about these rule changes and they want to see what these rule changes actually do. Oh, I might tune into this Richmond-Carlton uh, opening game because I want to see what this lateral moving on the mark might do, what all these different uh, rule changes will do. Even if they don't change the game, I think they're just – a big reason why they're put in is to uh, – yeah, get more eyes and ears on the AFL. You know what? I, I I think if you make that argument in your journalism classes, I think your your instructors are going to be very impressed with you because you're going <laughs> you're going. No, I'm serious because you, you're going into this with a with a with a healthy dose of skepticism mm. that, you're, you, that you're saying that it's you're they're, they're they're making the changes simply to to promote. And, you know, to try to continue the relevancy of the game, mm. because, you know, once once the, you know, the, the, the cup is handed out and the, and the medals are handed out at the grand final and all the, you know, the 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 roar of meatloaf's music has, has subsided, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's it's on to cricket. Mm. Right. And is it is the NBL is played at that point in time as well. Right. Uh, yeah. And yeah, you've got like a league and but stuff it, as well. Yeah. Is that is that a. Is that a really popular league or is that kind of oh, like... Uh, no, you, you've got cricket, which is absolutely number one in summer. And then okay. you've maybe got A-League, and which is the soccer league here, and yeah. NBL maybe on that uh, second tier. Okay, so you know they're, they're trying to have people not forget about mm. the AFL. So yeah, I think that, that you bring up a very valid point yeah. uh, you know, on, on why they're making those changes. Because again, you know, maybe two years later... They changed that same rule back to what it was before. Yeah, and then people spend a couple months going, "Why are they changing it back? They just they just established this rule two years ago. Where's the evidence that this is a bad idea?" And then people are going to hear this podcast and go, "Aha! That's why they're doing it." Exactly. And I don't yeah. I don't know if you've heard about the, the new rule of uh, you can't with a man in the mark can't move around anymore. They've just got yeah. to st- stand their spot. That's that's really if you think about it, that's hardly going to change anything. But. Uh, I reckon the media would have been talking about that for a long time. They're probably still talking about it now. And the AFL knows that uh, it's not going to change much. It's not going to hinder the game too much. It's probably not going to help the game too much either. But it's going to get more eyes on the game, more money in the pockets of the AFL people. But, you know, I, I would argue I would argue that it's gonna it's going to harm – bringing overseas viewers to the game, new viewers to the game who've not seen it before. Because, and hear, hear me out on this, we're, we're at the uh, end of a half or at the end of any quarter or at the end of a game, horn has sounded. Somebody's got a 52-meter kick to win the game. Now you have one guy standing on the mark. Last year you would have had that guy standing on the mark and 17 guys standing behind him near the goal, doing their best pantomime, trying to distract him. Yep. That's not going to happen anymore because, you know, you, you have some, you know, dumb American like me sitting down to, to watch this game for the first time. And we're wondering, well, how could, first of all, how can they score after the game is over? And then we're watching all these guys dancing around behind it going, what the hell are they doing? Yeah. Well, we're not going to see it anymore. So we're not going to be interested to come back and find out, well, why were they able to score after the, after the, the horn ended, you know, sounded to end the game. Why, why yeah. you know, so if you only got that single guy standing there, or if, if the guy moves, what are they going to do? Give him a 50 meter penalty? Yeah. Which, you know, I think they, they, they throw those things so. around, I think way too much anyway. Yeah. I think, you know, those, you, I think you could probably lessen those to 25 meters that it might not impact the game as, as widely as it does. If you want to make a rule change there, change the 50 meter penalty to 25. Yeah, exactly. It used to be 15 meters. I'm not sure if you know that. Maybe it changed in the nineties or eighties. I did not. Um, 
And I think it might only be 15 in the AFLW as well. Uh, or no, it's, it's 50. It's 50 it in the AFLW. Okay, right. Well, there was maybe a game. the start of AFLW was only like 20 or 25 or something. I'm pretty sure it was shorter. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you definitely raise a good point there. Like uh, I, I know uh, teaching uh, people I know from overseas or people, uh, recent immigrants uh, over here, about the game, it's impossible to explain when you've got constant rule changes and the amount of rules in the AFL is insane. Like the, you've got something like basketball, uh, basic premise, you, you throw the ball into the hoop, into the ring, and uh, yeah, a few little things outside the three-point line, get three points, two points for inside, uh like you've got a few little rules here and there, but there's like a rule for almost every step you take in AFL. The rules changing. Well, I think I think basketball is a much simpler game, also. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so yeah, it's and I think you know the the you know the NFL is very similar to that also in terms of the rule changes. But yeah, that, but actually, not this weekend, but last weekend, I think it was round two. There was a double fifty meter penalty in one of the women's games. Yeah, I saw you know, that. Where it's just, yeah. yeah, where it's just, and that's that's, and and part of the initial fifty meter penalty was, you know, the, the the person who was you know getting ready to you know to take the kick kind of just you know they got the second one because they were they started running towards the person who was trying to run away from them, so instead of running in a straight line, they were kind of running at a bit of an arc towards them, and the, and the umpire just was like, well, they're, they're still in their way. You know, instead of, you know, making a beeline straight for the goal, they were kind of heading off towards the wing and and they got another 50-meter penalty out of it. And it's, yeah, maybe maybe there should be more umpires out there to just, you know, to just uh, challenge them on that and maybe turn it into a 50-meter penalty the other direction. Say, hey, we saw what you were doing. Turn around and march it back the other way. Or, or you know, at least give them a free kick to the other club. Give them the ball back. Yeah, it was I don't really know. interesting. Um, I don't want to change any. Yeah, I, I agree, but... Uh, I, I don't want to talk about this for too much longer, but I just want to raise a couple little more points. Uh, uh, we had, we've had a couple guests on the show uh, last year speak about rule changes. One of them was an AFL umpire. Uh, he's umpired more than 400 games, I believe. Uh, wow. He goes by the name of Brett Rosebury. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. He, he's one of the biggest umpires in the league. Uh, we had him on episode three, one of our earliest episodes, and – he says something that's like blind and should be blindingly obvious to everyone. The umpires don't want any rule changes. It just makes it harder for them. Like, and that, that's why we that's might true. see so many bad decisions in a year. The umpires can't keep up. They, these guys aren't working this job full time. They've got other jobs. They, they might not even like, they could easily forget a certain thing, like completely forget that a rule exists uh, in the so, heat of the moment so, or, so. So hang on here for a second. So you, you mean Razor Ray used to actually do a good job? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> debatable, debatable. Uh, well, I won't, I won't get too much into umpire bashing, but and uh, no, I, I won't either. I won't either. I just, <laughs> I just know that he tends to be, he tends to be the one that people like to, to give grief to. He, yeah, he he's um, well known for uh, doing, making everything a bit more frivolous. I think it's fair to say, and. Uh, another one, another rule change chat we had, uh, which was kind of maybe the other side of the debate or maybe even a third side of the debate. I'm not 100% sure which episode, maybe episode 28 or 27 with Rowan Connolly. Now, this guy is mm-hmm. one of the most knowledgeable people you get on AFL. He, he was in the same uh, episode li- you were in. I, I listened to your, I listened to your uh, episode from last night where he was counting back. He was going through the premieres backwards. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was insane. That, that was impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was on the same episode as you as well, the AFL Grand Final yeah. preview episode. Right, right. Uh, this, this guy's just got an amazing knowledge of AFL, Aussie rules, anything he puts his mind to, really. And he, he says, if we want the game to go it be in its best state that we can possibly put it in, we've gone too far with these rule changes. We, we need to uh, change them back because – yeah, we we have to make rule changes now because we've made too many, and we just need to 
get rid of some, maybe dumb it down a bit because it's gone too far. So that's well, another side of the debate, which is interesting. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I do think, though, at this point in time, now that the research is starting to come in about CTE, yep. I do think there need, you know, that there needs to be, you know, you're trying to protect the players' heads as much as possible. I think you know that you need to do that. But there's a lot of the stuff that 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 happened to be in the rule books that probably you know that could go away. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's you know, so many back, things you know, looking, simplified. Looking back at some of the you know, the physicality from you know even you know 10 15 years ago, I, you know there's a couple of videos on YouTube that I, you know that I've shown to my kids before school or at the end of the school day just to you know yeah this is what I'm watching guys and they're, you know they're watching uh you know Nick Rewalt you know somersaulting backwards over somebody and not getting himself knocked out and uh oh I can't the the, the gentleman from Carlton that just retired this year because it's like it's like a very famous scene where he's been he got knocked out and he's just laying on the ground and he's just you know clenching his fists and you can you can tell that he's he's deeply concussed in that situation there he just retired uh, Wait, this is that past Cruiser year Cruiser or Simpson which one was that do you know yeah I think it was uh, Cade Simpson yeah Cade Simpson okay yeah yeah um, I think that's who it was yeah yeah like by yeah. by no means am I uh one of those guys who gets all outraged about the state of the game kind of thing I I like to think that all, all sports change for for the better or the worse and for or for the worst and things just evolve naturally and the game will be uh, more open in 20 years time or so it's uh, got it ebbs and flows goes up and down for every sport but I, I do think that we need to take back some of these rule changes like this the third man up thing who who cares if a third man goes up um yeah uh just simplify a few things and then let, let the game just um evolve naturally why? Why nominate a ruck? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a couple. It's going to be a couple. A couple of tall guys, one from each team. You kind of show up. I'm going to kind of throw the ball in your direction. You know, I'm going to throw the ball here. If you want to tap it to one of your teammates, you're going to go to where the ball is. Mm. That's easy. That's an easy fix right there. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> that, that's pretty much what we had. But uh, I'm not sure yeah. if this was before your times uh, watching the AFL. But it was originally created that. Uh, ruck nomination rule to get rid of this thing where a third man would come into the ruck contest, not a ruckman, and uh, kind of easily get it because he doesn't have anyone lining up against him. Uh, and they brought in that rule to get rid of that. But I don't think anyone was complaining about the third man up. It's Again, it's just there to create this sense of outrage and get this AFL media cycle ticking over 24-7-365, and I think we're kind right. of feeding into that a bit, so maybe we should move on from rule changes. Anything else AFL-related that you want to raise? Well, you know, I I did want to mention, you know, one thing that's going on here in the U.S. right now, if I could, because uh, there's, you know, there's so a bit of, you know, that we have here in the United States and in, you know, we have the, the USAFL, which are, you know, a, a lot of Australian expats are involved in this, but then there are also a lot of American players who who have discovered this game that, that love this game. I'm not going to be playing it. Okay. We've already established I'm shaped way too much like the ball to actually participate in one of the games. I can go watch. I can cheer people on. I can talk to them after the game. I'm not playing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, there are, you know, we're at a point right now where there's a, a, the organization has begun what they're calling their footy 5,000 program, where they're trying to get 5,000 people playing footy here in the United States. Okay. And, you know, right now we, right now we have close to 50 teams in, in the United States. We have three new, you know, if we're able to play this year, if COVID allows it, we have actually have three new teams that are starting in the USAFL this year. Uh, a second team in the uh, Denver, Colorado area, the Centennial Tigers. And then there's a, a group near Dallas uh, called the North Texas Devils. And they've actually they've actually coordinated with the the group in Tasmania who's trying to bring a club there. They're using their logo with the Tasmanian devil. And it's a sharp, sharp looking currency that they've put together for it. I mean, they've they've gotten approval from them, and and the, the people in Tasmania have said, please, yes, use our stuff, get our message out there. Uh, and then there's yeah. another one in, uh, and I've interviewed both the the people involved with both of those, and the third one that I'm trying to interview them. We we just haven't been able to get a lot of time yet is in Alabama, the, the Birmingham Bush Rangers. Okay. And uh, so there's, you know, 
And what I what I was shocked when I talked to uh, James Henderson, who is the president of the the North Texas team, he you know he said that you know that, that you know we talk about the forty five thousand thing. He said you know it, it's it's a, it's a tough it's a tough hill to climb. He said because just in the the Dallas Texas area, there are three thousand people playing rugby in just Dallas. Wow! And they're trying they're trying they're trying to get five thousand people playing footy nationwide. So you know it's uh. You you got a lot of you know expats who are very involved in promoting the game here. Um, it's it is growing, but you know it's uh, it's you know there there are a lot of communities that are just starting to have a uh, you know, bring people out for a kick and kind of show them the skills of the game in the uh, in several different cities around the country as well, up in Detroit and in Orlando, Florida, and actually the same town where my son is living. And I've told him, I said, you know, as competitive as you are, I think you would love this game if you went out and tried it. You know, yeah. so we'll see if he does it. So just, just from and your I, point of view, do you prefer, uh, would you prefer uh, keeping it kind of the way it is still having it as your own little niche, your special thing with a few other people maybe, or would you prefer AFL to be a massive nationwide sport up there? with the big ones i don't you know it would be great if it became you know kind of like a a professionalized you know sport i think you would probably end up losing you know quite a number of of these clubs you know they they, they're not all going to be able to play at that level because they're all having to go out and do their own fundraising they become um not 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 for profit organizations where they get they get donations and such to help um to help you know buy uniforms and training gear and balls and such the players you know when they travel to go play in another city from what i have gathered most of them they're responsible for covering their own cost for travel so you know if the team in chicago is going to go play the team in in des moines iowa they have to they have to pay their own way to get there and not everybody can afford to do that yeah you know and there's i guess uh the new york magpies has has over 300 people on in their on their club there's over 300 people as part of this club and it's like, it's, I think it's one of the biggest ones in the country. Yeah. And I, and I haven't talked to anybody from that club yet, but I've wondered, I said, why not split it up into two clubs? And then you got, you got somebody in house to play against. I mean, that's kind of what happened exactly. with uh, um, the Denver, Colorado area and the, uh, the Dallas, Texas area uh, mm. where, where they did that sort of thing. But it's, it's growing. Uh, you know, last year was just a lousy year all the way around. You know, there weren't yeah. any games played here at all. Uh, but you know, I, I still, I still keep in touch with, you know, I was able to actually sit in on a couple of the zoom meetings with the 45,000 group. And it was just fascinating to see the plans that they're making and what they're trying to get accomplished. Uh, yeah. One of the guys runs a, uh, um, a store here in the U S that sells footy gear and, and, uh, Guernseys and bags and, you know, hats and scarves and that type of type of thing. But he's, you know, he sells balls as well. And, and, uh, actual uniform, stuff for the for the teams here in the states yeah so but but it's 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 going well so and hopefully it's going to continue to grow yeah i hope so for your sake but one more thing uh obviously maybe what 18 months ago now you probably never would have thought you'd have uh thousands of followers on social media and all these uh big amount of listens for your podcast and you never especially about Aussie rules football you that would probably be in your wildest dreams uh just completely not even thinking about it so my my question to you Craig Whistles is what what characteristics do you think you have and what why do you think it's become such a hit with people in Australia over here obviously there's still lots of room for it to grow but what what do you think has um lit that spark and got that connection with people you know I I think that you know that I have uh I think what I have done is that I've tried to I'm not trying to do this just on the on the periphery or just on the surface and just you know scratching the surface of this I've, I've kind of it it's it's in many ways it's kind of like a uh you know a, a, a high stakes poker game if you will i've, I've kind of gone all in yeah. with 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 sport on this i mean i i i'm a huge baseball fan hmm. but i hit my 
I have watched, I didn't watch more than six or seven innings of baseball last year. I don't think I watched a complete game last year. I watched you know, a handful of games the year before. And, you know, the Indians had you know been in the World Series just a couple of years ago. They, they were playing for a championship, but the, the local team, they're, they're actually their name is changing after this year. They're going to drop the name and come up with something else. Do, do you know what their new name's going to be, by the way, just quickly? They, they haven't, they haven't announced it yet. Uh, okay. right. you know, I, I have, I've been hearing a number of different things. One of them is, is a name that they had years ago. They used to be called the Cleveland spiders. I'd kind of like to see them go back to that one. I think that'd kind of be a neat logo that you could put on a, on a yeah. uniform. Yeah. But, but yeah, I've, I, you know, getting back to the question, I've, I'm trying not to be patronizing to people when I engage with them. I, I have a, a genuine curiosity about trying to learn about the game. Uh, I, I'm, I'm genuinely excited in, you know, seeing the team that I support do well. I, I love watching good footy who, you know, whoever it is. I mean, there this weekend, we talked about it before we, we started recording, you know, the, the last few weeks in the AFLW have been, there've been some fantastic games. You know, the, the North Melbourne, Melbourne game this past weekend was, was dynamite. Yeah. You know, what, what Fremantle did, what Fremantle did to Adelaide. Yeah. I tipped Adelaide in that game. I, I made a mistake there, you know, Brisbane's watching what Brisbane did night. yesterday yeah. in the second half of their exactly. game was yeah. just, was crazy. Yeah. But it's, it's, I've, 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 I've fallen in love with this game. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, and I, you know, I found something as a hobby that I enjoy doing. You know, I, I talk a lot at my job, and to me, this is kind of a, a decent hobby to to join in with that. And, uh, you know, I like I was saying before, I'm not, I'm somebody who doesn't, you know, go out. I've never, I'm not a going out to the bar type person. Yeah, you know, I, I had a father who was an alcoholic. Like I don't, I don't go to bars. It's not, that's not my thing. I don't have, I don't have buddies that I go out and have a beer with or anything like that. So it's, it's, this is, uh, this is kind of what I do. And I've, I actually talk to more people in Australia now than I do that live on my street. And I've lived in my house for over 25 years. Wow. And I talked, I talked to far more people in Australia than I do than live on my street. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But yep. I, actually, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to ask this one. But I reckon I should. I, I know it's not a uh, normal episode, not a traditional episode. Uh, you might have heard uh, Lockie or Rory ask this question to our guests at the end of the show. Craig Wessels, do you have a life philosophy? There any quotes you live by, maybe uh, like a mantra or a little, little saying that guides what you do? Well, uh, in, in, my, in my classroom – and I'll, I'll, I'll send you the doc, uh, in my classroom, I have on, uh, like copier size sheets of paper. I have over 450 quotations printed out and hanging on the walls in my classroom. Oh, wow. It's, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, they started out really inspirational when I started doing this over putting them up over 20 years ago. And then as the years went by, I noticed they were getting more and more cynical Oh. And you know, then they announced they're they were going to paint the walls in my classroom about four years ago. So I had to take all of them down, and I printed them all out again, and they shuffled them all up. Yeah, so I I have a uh, I have a couple. Um, one of them is uh, is an Oscar Wilde quote that I have right in the middle of my classroom, right in the front of the room, so the kids see it every day. That says, "True friends stab you in the front." Okay. That that is that's, you know, it, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Um, but I have I have one that I'm a, I'm actually I don't have any tattoos. I spent time in the Navy. I was told by my grandmother I was not allowed to get a tattoo. Uh, <laughs> but I'm contemplating getting one. And it and it's actually a, oh. a, a quote from a, a movie, and it's actually my, my favorite film, and it, it's one I use in my government classes, uh, called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and it's this really inspirational guy as it goes to the Senate. Uh, to the legislature, and during one of the 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 monologues he's giving, he he makes mention. Uh, there's a line that he says that uh, liberty is too precious a thing to be buried in books, and yeah. it's one that I'm I'm actually contem- you know contemplating getting tattooed on my arm. Uh, yeah, and you know, I I'm going to probably get the Reaper app before I get the tattoo, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'd like to do that. You know, and 
Yeah, because I have to I have to convince my kids to watch this film because this film was made in 1939. Oh wow, it's a black okay. and white film. Really yeah, it's an it's an old film, and I have to convince them that it's worth investing two hours of their time. Yeah, and I've actually I've actually had about a half dozen kids buy a copy of this film after they've watched it. It was that impactful to them. Yeah, it's, wow. You know, it's, you get cheering it. You get cheering uh, at the at the end of the film. So, so yeah, that, those go. are probably the two biggies. But yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of quotes. That's probably some of the the deepest life philosophy chat we've had uh, on the podcast. Usually, (laughs) people usually very casual about it, uh, pretty kind of off the cuff uh, quotes or philosophies that I live by. But uh, before we wrap up, got to get the plugs out of the way, of course. Where can people uh, check you out? Well, they can uh, they can reach me. uh, Well, they can find the podcast uh, on any of the podcast hosting sites. Just look for a yank on the footy. Or you can find it at a yank on the footy.podbean.com. You can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yank on the footy at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. Uh, so yeah. love to hear from you. I, I, you know, I sent out uh, on my mailing list, I sent out the, the notification about that I was going to be on the, uh, the Triple M broadcast in Gippsland. And I've got it, actually heard back from a couple of people today congratulating me so that's kind of fun yeah it's kind of fun so, very fun okay one one last one last thing a little prediction okay who do you who do you who do you see winning the premiership in the aflw this year they're, they're the a third away into the season okay in the, the AFLW. aflw who's winning who's winning the premiership Jeez. so yeah there are a lot of teams that are yeah doing very well uh you've got north melbourne frio um Melbourne even uh, has has had good performances recently. Um, at Brisbane, Brisbane. Uh, I'm going to say it'll be a Fremantle North Melbourne Grand Final with uh, Fremantle winning their first ever premiership as a club. Sounds good. What about you? Sounds are you, been, are you been happy been to reveal it on their uh, podcast or our podcast? You know, or I keep it a secret. I, th- I, I had it. No, I had it uh, in an earlier episode. And I'll be honest; I don't remember who I had said was going to be there. I think I had it as. Uh, I think I had North and Adelaide, but I, I'm beginning to think that might not be the case after having watched Frio play recently. I mean, they just. I read a great article online describing how they they just play this chaotic type of, of, of footy yeah. you know, that they, that their, their kick to handball ratio was mind boggling. It was, it was over two and a half kicks to one, to one handball. Wow. Un- unbelievably unbelievable. high. Yeah. yeah. It was just, I was shocked by that. It was just, you know, well, what's the they, kick to handball ratio said, for a normal team? Do you know? Like for, on, on average? Um, well, they said that the team that was the lowest was barely was barely one to one. I think yeah, they said it was Carlton. Uh, yeah. It was like a one to one, almost even. Yeah, yeah. That they were that they were. You know, and then some of them, I guess, must you know handball a lot more. But you know, they were, the way they described it, they just you know they said Freya will just you know will bomb it in there and just go attack you and try to take the ball away from you and go score. Yeah. And you know, if if it doesn't happen, they'll go back and get it and do it again. Yeah, let's bomb it in there again. Instead of working their way down the field, they're gonna they're gonna try to kick it, you know, forty yards or thirty five yards and try, or meters and try to move it up the field and uh, go from there. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. again, I encourage all of our listeners to watch the AFLW this season because uh, you will definitely not regret it, and it was one hundred percent worth watching. And I'd also say the same thing about Craig Whistle's podcast, The Yank on the Footy. Uh, go check that out. Uh, I'm sure you've already listened to every single episode multiple times over if you're listening to this one. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on to the show, Craig. It's been uh, a fun time. Harper, a blast, I appreciate the invitation, Harper. Thanks so very much. There you have it, uh, my chat with Craig Wessels. Hope you enjoyed that one. I certainly enjoyed it myself. Uh, yeah, ho- hopefully you enjoyed that different type of episode, more opinion-based rather than life and career-based like our typical episodes. Uh, but I've got to say, uh, that's our fifth bonus episode in lockdown, and that will be our final bonus episode because, if I'm honest, I'm absolutely knackered from putting together and making all these 
bonus episode, so I'm going to take a bit of a break. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed these bonus episodes, and uh, we've got a big announcement, uh, big things coming on Monday. So what's the date of Monday? Monday the 22nd. Uh, so keep your eye out for that because there are big things coming in the world of where do we begin. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll keep the socials ticking over uh, in the meantime. So check us out on WDWB Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And where do we begin on Facebook and where do we begin on YouTube as well? You've got to get around that one. Uh, yeah, that's just about it from me. I uh, hope you've enjoyed these bonus episodes and I'll see you for that big announcement on Monday the 22nd. Thanks for listening.